Blog Talk Radio. Good. How you doing? What's going on? 
Not okay. Too much. Listen, I just wanted to tell you if um, I think we discussed the other day. Just talk on the phone. Don't play it in the background because we have a lot of problems with the um, echoing. I've had for other shows, and I really want to make it a good show because I think your work is phenomenal. So, Bill, I want you, in your own words, to tell us where you grew up, where you're from, then we'll lead into how we met and about your work and what you do with the kids and what your books are about. So let's start with Bill. Where were you born, Bill? I was born in Peachville, New York in uh, 1963, and I was raised in the area, uh, Buchanan, Montrose, the whole town of Portland area. Went to school in the area, went to a SUNY college. And pretty much stayed in the area. Um, moved to Putnam County for a while, and now I'm living in Dutchess. Right, right. And tell us about, oh, by the way, this is Melissa, my niece. She's my co-host. Hi, how are Melissa you? Bill. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, and Bill's actually, we talked about, he may could use your editorial skills in the future, Melissa. Oh, so. sure. <laughs> I may hook you, you guys it. up here. <laughs> so anyhow, um, Bill, tell us a little bit about your, your life growing up. Uh, what was it like? Um, we'll get into how we're related to the same people, but what was it like growing up and growing up in the same area I grew up and Melissa grew up? What was it like for you? It was a, it was a standard upbringing, suburbia. Uh, raised mm-hmm. in the beautiful Hudson River, which was a joy. Right. Um, pretty normal. Pretty normal uh, experience with growing up. At a very early age, I did, however, become involved in alcohol. And when I say mm-hmm. early, I mean early, around twelve. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> and, and drinking was 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 very prevalent in my growing up years. Um, that's what the that's what the adults did. That's what the men did. I mean, I lived in Cup yeah. Bar when well, I was four years old, and just it always seemed that at any family function or anything going on, alcohol was always present. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, that's kind of ironic, isn't it? The uh, the picture of our family all together, your grandparents, my parents, our mutual aunt and uncle, they're all sitting there with a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and a big it's kind of funny, and, it, and the funny thing is, some of them didn't even drink, so it was kind of like a horse and around thing. But uh, that's part of, I think, our synchronicity thing. So, but we'll get into that a little bit into the show. Um, so you started drinking around twelve, and it wasn't just a man thing. Us girls did it too. The if you remember the apple wine, the Boone's Farm, and the the, the, the oh, bottles of Tango, perfect. we all did it. We all did it. You know. Six, so, six, six, three, so three, four, five, Tango, oh yeah. Yeah, where I live, right up the street from. <laughs> Actually, you went to Hen Hud, right? Yes, yes. Okay, Melissa graduated, right, Melissa? You graduated mm-hmm. from Hen Hud, too. Yeah, went to the same school. I was blessed with Croton Harmon. <laughs> but, uh, Bill, so tell, t- tell us more. We'll go into that because I'm a little ticked at the town right now. <laughs> something went down. Uh-oh. I'm very upset with but I won't even talk about that on the show tonight, but I'm very upset with something. Um, for somebody else, actually. But so, Bill, tell us. Okay, so you grew up. You started drinking. Did when did it seem to be a problem? Because your books are based on some of what you went well, through with it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting in that I hate using this term because it almost condones the alcohol abuse. But we would we we would call ourselves functional alcoholics. I mean, mm-hmm. we pretty much drank all the time, but. For whatever reason, God's grace, or we had a high tolerance. I mean, we we weren't in any more trouble than your normal teenagers. We got decent grades in school. 
I went to college mm-hmm. at SUNY Oneonta. Um, right. I, you know, got a job upon graduation. I worked my way up from a uh, youth counselor at a juvenile detention facility to the dean of students. Right. I was there 24 wow. years. And during this whole time, I mean, I, I was abusing alcohol. Um, right, right. But, I, but, 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 but again, I, I was hiding it from everyone. And right. Not too well at times. The people knew I was a big drinker, but like I said, I, I could still function and, uh, you know, hold a job down and do what I do what was asked and expected of me. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that still do that. You know, so it's not something of just us that were born in the 50s and 60s and people even prior to us. I think it's been ongoing since the beginning, you know. Um, So from there, yeah, oh, definitely. I I went through it myself. So Um, tell us about uh, your your books, your poetry, what you did. You did this your whole life or something that something to do with the alcoholism or what? what, uh, Tell us some. even from a young age, I was always uh, an avid reader, and I was always right. writing poetry or short right. stories. I actually, uh, my bachelor degree in college was was in literature, um, mm-hmm. so I, I I was always writing. I, I I was published in some small publications, but I never really the discipline nor the time to really write as kind of my full time job per se. Um, right. And what and what happened recently in my not too distant past was after 23 years um, at my job, which I absolutely loved. I always tell people, you know, I never worked a day in my life because I loved going to work. We what did you do, I was a I worked with with, uh, with a court adjudicated male adolescents at a juvenile detention facility. Um, wow, they were teenage, there were teenagers who got in trouble with the law from the five boroughs, uh, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo. Uh, Long mm-hmm. Island. So we had a wide diversity of kids, and we pretty much you know they were with us for twelve to eighteen months. It's not it wasn't a lot right. of the bars or anything. But it was, it was, <clears> right. some, it was kind of in, in 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 between. And I did very well, and I loved it. Um, right. Later on in my career, we had an, uh, uh, the administration changed hands for whatever reason. People retired, new people came aboard, and the mm-hmm. place just really started going downhill quick. And it was no longer fun to go to work. My drinking at that time really increased, and the mm-hmm. the, the the place itself started laying off workers, uh, huge amounts of workers. I missed the first two, but the third one I got laid off in October of 2011. And at that time, right. I was I was no, I was no longer a functional alcoholic. I wasn't an alcoholic, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of put me in a tailspin. I wasn't sure what to do, and I'm not sure if I consciously or unconsciously was trying to kill myself, but I was drinking. With no exaggeration, about a gallon of whiskey, a half gallon of whiskey a day. Um, oh my gosh! You know, yeah, I mean, every waking minute, I had a drink in my hand. My friends Whoa. were aware, but I got, I, I got jaundice. I turned yellow. My friends were trying to get me to go to the hospital. I would kept putting it off. And then, mm-hmm. uh, for some strange reason, one night when one of my friends called, God bless her, I said I would go the following day, and I did. And uh, it was January fifth of two thousand twelve. And after I was just, right. just going to walk in, the guy would tell me, hey, stop drinking or slow down. Well, the minute I walked in, they took my vitals. They admitted me. And I was admitted for 12 days in the hospital. Wow. And the doctor actually said if I had gone another 48 hours at the pace I was going, I would have been dead. Wow. So that, uh, that's, uh, that was, that was kind of crazy. I woke up after a two-day coma. 
I had four blood transfusions. I mean, the whole works. And even when right. I got, got out of, after 12 days, it took me months, and I'm still recovering, actually, physically and mentally from that. Um, right. The doctor said it would take anywhere from, from one to three to five years. I did a lot of damage to my central nervous system <clears throat> and my body in general. And when mm-hmm. I, so I got out, I had the time. I, was, um, I couldn't work. I was on disability, but I could write, which was my first love. And I did. Right. I wrote upside down one on the house, my <coughs> memoir. And it's basically right. a, a, a purging of everything. I was sober for the first time in my life. And I just kind of, mm-hmm. these words just kind of spilled out of me, whether it was divine intervention or whatever, just spilled out on the pages. And um, I'm very proud of it. It's 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 sold uh, surprisingly well for being a self-published book. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. great reviews on Amazon. I've been reviewed in Chronogram Magazine. I've been reviewed um, in the Staten Island Press. I've mm-hmm. many publications. And uh, the book's continuing to do well. So that kind of got me doing my first love, which was writing. And I've since gone on to write a uh, book of poetry that was published called Before the mm-hmm. Flood. And I, was mm-hmm. also, I also had, uh, I, I was a featured poet in a book called Renderings through an organization mm-hmm. called the Hudson Valley Writers Workshop. They picked five of my poems for publication in their journal. Wow. And in fact, and in fact, at the end of this month, they're doing their second um, volume of their anthology. And four more of my poems were chosen this year. So, Things have been going well. Going well, yes. Well, you kind of talked about you didn't know whether it was a spiritual awakening. I, I think everything we go through, and of course, you know, my sign is about grief and loss of loved ones and trying to help other people through mostly grieving parents through the loss of their children. But we help others through through this also. And um, I, I myself know when I was writing, it was kind of a venting experience in the beginning, and it, then it turned into a book. But it was my hand was being led uh, to do what I do to lead me to where I am now. And you feel that with your life's purpose now that uh, – you had sometimes we have to go through these things, um, whether it be alcoholism, loss, or whatever, to bring us I to a different, high, you know, higher levels. I believe that a hundred and ten percent. I mean, um, yeah. Growing up, you know, I, like I said, I was, I, I was a big reader. I, I was always reading um, the, the the German writers, Hermann Hesse, Thomas Mann. I took her word at you know as gospel. And right. I was an intellectual and didn't have much room for spirituality, even though I was raised a Roman Catholic and went to church every day until I was 17. I kind of got away from that. But it took it took what I went through in life to humble me, and I realized that, um, you know, one, I should not be here. The doctor pretty much said, you know, you're a very lucky man. Just a side mm-hmm. note, uh, when I was out of the hospital, the first week I was out, I learned that uh, two of my friends, one of their spouses and one of their sons, died from the same condition I had. So I started mm-hmm. questioning why was I spared, and I think, yep. I, and, you know, there was definitely divine intervention in that. But I, but well, I you had work to do. Yeah, well, we all have to go you through would. it too. I mean, you know, to be alive at all <clears> is, <throat> is is to have scars, to have hard times. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. It's a learning process. You know, I. We talked briefly the other day about my son who had cystic fibrosis, in which both my children hadn't passed, and he had the liver of a someone, a drinker, uh, because of the disease, and and the lung right. of a smoker. And I watched cirrhosis actually killed him. I watched it was a slow, painful, horrific death. My daughter's was too, but she didn't get the liver involvement. 
But my son, and even though I had a home care nursing business for years with the elderly, I have to say cirrhosis has to be one of the cruelest, cruelest of deaths um, as far as suffering. It's 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 horrific. It's horrific. What I saw, I I, I will be putting it in my book um, about you know details in my next book, uh, not my poetry book, but my racing harness in heaven, which you we talked briefly met the other day. Even though we have share relatives, we actually met face to face this week. And uh, <clears throat> should we talk a little bit, maybe how we uh, found each other? Because <laughs> neither well, one yeah, of us know. I, mean, I thought that I thought that was really wild when I was. Just happened to be on Facebook, and I saw this thing pop up. Uh, you know, you writing to me. You probably don't know me, and I didn't. And you said, mm-hmm. uh, "Are you related, are you related to Bill and Ivan L. Teets?" And they're my grandparents, man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. wow, this is crazy. And what I thought yep. was so cool was that when we were inboxing each other, we decided to call each other, and we ended up talking mm-hmm. on the phone for about fifty minutes. And it was like I've right. known you all my life, which I thought was really cool. And, yep. we, and we just kind of talk and float, and the people we knew blew me away. And, and yeah. again, I think I think of life as a circle. It's almost like I don't believe in coincidences, man. I believe things happen for a now, reason. Now, God incidences, I call them on my show. God incidents. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. God incidences, yep. Yeah, there's no coincidence. Met, you know, we, then we just met this past Friday, and, and again, it was a very easy meeting. And, you know, like we kind of knew each other and all the people we knew, and it just mm-hmm. felt really, really cool. I mean, we've had like we've had different, different tragedies per se. Mm-hmm. In our life. Right. And I think we had very similar experiences. Oh yeah. Of, oh yeah. You know, of, of 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 having the scars and being through a storm, and thank God coming out of the storm. And uh, yeah, it's kind of ironic that your book is you know poetry. My actually, Melissa is just finishing up editing, right? Melissa, my uh, poetry book. Yes, I book. am. Yeah, we were talking, her and I, last night, and I had added more poems, and I couldn't get get them to send them to her. It was crazy. It's always something trying to prevent it, but we finally got in contact where we could – she got everything now, right? hopefully. Yeah, I <laughs> And know. I couldn't live without my editor because, you know what, sometimes with EMS, my words could scramble, no fault of my own, but I need my editor, you know, moral Thank support, you. too. She gives me you a lot always, of moral support. You always need I, a press that advise on your work, always, yeah. Uh-huh, but, but, yep, yep. But but it was cool with me in that when I was um, when I got to the hospital, I really had nowhere to go. I mean, I was I was I'd lost my apartment. I didn't have any money, and I kind of mm-hmm. stayed with a friend for about uh, about three months till I got my feet back on you know underneath me. And it was interesting because during that time, uh, she was into uh, a lot of, um, for lack of a better term, spiritual shows. We used to watch that Super Soul Sunday show with Oprah Winfrey, and I was right. introduced to guys like Wayne Dyer and. Uh, Deepak Chopra, Bishop Jakes, and I got this yep. whole new message of, you know, life is not so dark and dank, and you don't have to crawl inside a bottle and be that suffering artist and that that exactly. of, of, of of German literature, and mm-hmm. and and I kind of a light bulb went off over my head, the proverbial light bulb, and I kind of said, this is this is cool, and not that I'm yep. going around plant, planting flowers and playing a tambourine. But I always no, I don't do it either. You saw me. What you see is what you get. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I mean, I always tell people, and I'm and I, I'm I'm so impressed with the work that 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 you shared with me that you know you do with people, and this just gives mm-hmm. me a whole Thank other you. outlet. I mean, I mean, right now I'm uh, in the process of starting my own foundation called the Right On Foundation. W R I T E Right On mm-hmm. to us right. uh, inner city inner, inner city at risk youth 
who show a pension for the humanities and you know with writing or arts or videos where I want to assist them with college scholarships and uh you know mentor mentor them and 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 help them out right now you know everything's money I've never been so broke right. in my life but I've never been so content. Hello. Oh, Everybody uh, thinks I'm loaded with a bestseller, but the, you know, being a uh, uh, oh, an author, God, no, God, yeah, no. okay, <laughs> please, it's you know, I still owe money. Yeah, the 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 royalties are not big, but uh, no, they're not. For them, they are. But, I mean, they probably made tons of money on my book. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I get a dollar for everything, Kindle or non-Kindle. That's what I'm getting on Amazon. It's disgusting. But it's not about that, you know. I mean, yes, we all need money, Bill. We know that, you know. And we we both want to do great things and and do more things for these kids. Me with the uh, children with CF that are here, and and also continue helping the grieving parents of, you know, children lost, no matter what they lost them from, you know. But some things do take money. Through our writings, through our writings, we can gain. So you already have accomplished it, which I think is wonderful. Is to gain some kind of notoriety. Where mm-hmm. where where others will, will will be willing to back you or support you in your future endeavors. Right. You know? I mean, I don't. I wouldn't care if I made a dime off the books as long as my name got out there and I could move ahead with my write off foundation. Which right. Is about, exactly. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful, and that's. I think your head's in the right place. I mean, I'm gonna leak something on the show tonight, which I've already kind of put on Facebook about the Maury show, and you know, of course, I put it on Facebook. It's it's not definite yet, but he did contact me directly himself, and I put it on Facebook, and for everyone to see, because you know, we have a lot of Debbie Downers out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, and I I don't have to prove anything to anybody, but sometimes I need to shut them up. So they don't think I'm a BS artist, you know, because even when I was writing the books, I got that. It's like, yeah, I know your book, your book, seven years, your book, your book. And when it came out, whoa, everybody wanted to know me. You know, you know how people are. And I'm not putting anybody listen, down, but it is what it is. You know, who cares? Listen, there's, a, there's a there's there's a great line from Bishop Jakes you need to remember. I absolutely love it. He said, anytime mm-hmm. God loves a broken person, there will always be a critic. So no matter oh, yeah. what you do and how positive and good, there's always going to be a critic out there. Don't even don't even get the time of the day. Yeah, you know, exactly. Melissa's father said that to me. He goes, Peg. He goes, be thankful you have critics because the word's getting out. People are hearing you. Yeah, people are <laughs> talking know? about it. Yeah, Pe- so people, true. People used to talk about me anyhow, you know, so let them, you know, I'm trying to have them talk some positive for once. You know what it's like growing <laughs> up in these towns. Everybody knew your business. They knew more than you. I can remember an incident one time somebody was talking about me, didn't know it was me, and I looked at it and I said, do you know what my name is? I said, excuse me, this is a coincidence in a place that <laughs> you and I have both frequented. <laughs> I'm well, Washington gave, Street, if I you know gave, what I'm talking I, about. I gave her a little town quite the uh, quite the fodder to talk about me. But now, but now, really? like, now like you just said, uh, hopefully it's, it, it, it's, it's a much more positive light. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, I still get negative reviews. I get negative with people thinking I'm this, thinking I'm that, thinking I'm nuts doing what I do. Let them think whatever. You know what they have, you know, uh, what do they say? Amazing Grace. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm found. Peggy, I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't, and I, I wouldn't change a thing. If, 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 if a magic genie appeared right now and said, you want to go back and change things, I wouldn't change mm-hmm. a thing. Neither I mean, will. You know I, what? I, I would love my children back. That part I would, you know, of course, in this on this side of the world, you know, life. Uh, but I, God's plan is bigger for us, and, and that's something exactly. that our show is about. 
And that's something where I do try to help grieving parents as much as it hurts. And I've gone through it twice, so I've got the double double pain. And just to let them know if I can do it, you can do it. And it sucks. I'm playing English. Howard Sternett again here. I'm unplugged on sense of show, you know. But that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I mean, I, I started talking a little bit today, and we'll get on to some other things because uh, we have some callers here. Um, uh, something happened on a local site that I belong to, and I saw it. I woke up to it this morning, and it, it really wasn't about me, but they kind of, like, kicked me in the butt at times, too. And it was somebody, and I found out the poor girl has a business. She's learning disabled. Uh, I talked to some other people today. Someone had put her down, and I'm like, this is this is community uh, uh, a community page for a local town that I grew up in. I'm not going to mention the name. <laughs> this is community. <laughs> this this yeah. is your tight-knit community. We love our hometown. Well, you know what? I don't love my hometown so much right now. Because, you know what, if you're going to treat people like that, whether you know that she is uh, challenged or not, which they obviously they didn't, because they put her mm-hmm. down for misspelling words and she has a business, it wasn't about her ads. I mean, I have another site that I've asked people not to put ads because it's about the grieving, but I would never hurt somebody in that, the way that that poor girl was hurt. You know, wow. the put-downs, you know. I just don't want the page crowded up with people just trying to make a buck. I don't mind something here and there. And from what I understand, I, I don't know part of my um, my stuff, too, was it went on to people, you know, they can sell their Christmas trees at their Lions Club on their site, but you can't talk about your books on your site or you can't. But yet they're talking about their book. You know what? Get the right. hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? People need to grow up and start treating other people like human beings. And you know what? Well, to me, it's, a, it's child play. Child play today. Biggest, it was absolute child play that, of bullying. The biggest thing that I, that, I, that I strive for every single day is I just mm-hmm. pray to the Lord that I can be as compassionate as possible. I, I mm-hmm. mean, what else do we really have to, have to offer? And I'm telling you, exactly. that's kind of, kind of hit rock bottom and, and came back. You know what? I don't find myself screaming in traffic jams and... Growling at the person well, who right? yep. bumped me in a line or cut me in a line. It's also trivial. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, well, it, the only it thing that pisses me off is what happened today. What happened today is the only kind of thing when you hurt someone that is trying and has a disability, then you're hitting a sore spot with me, and as compassionate as I am, that's the only time now that I will go off, you know? It's life is too short. It's way too short. But I will defend someone who can't defend themselves as far as I can, you know, and take it as far as yeah, I go. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. There's nothing yep, wrong with, yep. with, with, with pointing out an injustice. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, um, yeah, but they get pissed off like road rage and all that stuff. Like, exactly, exactly. The other person that maybe they didn't realize what they were doing, and they did well, then that's on them. You can't carry that well, the, per- the, the, the the funny thing was the person that did this. I grew up on on the same block, and I used to be friends with that did this to this person, and I am super disgusted with them. I I thought they had better. I thought they had better manners than that, but obviously they haven't learned their lesson in life yet, and it's all about the lesson. So hopefully now that another page had gotten started today because of it. Uh, not through me, but one of the other authors uh, in the town started a page, and she contacted me. I was one of the first. She goes, Peg, put all your stuff on here I, and, and put whatever, you know, and it was cool. And then the person responded saying, oh, I think that's wonderful that you're doing that. You know what? You don't have to read our Facebook pages, people. 
You know, this is not had a had a what's what was her name? Um, had uh, a hopper. You know, this is not gossip column, and a lot of people are on there just for the gossip. You know, grow up is all I got to say to them. Grow up and treat people with respect because everyone deserves that. Treat them like you would want to be treated. That's all. That that's all I'm going to say because this got me into a thing today. <laughs> I was really, really ticked. I was really ticked. I'll tell you. My green eyes were turning blood red when I saw it. Uh-oh. <laughs> I woke up to it. Yeah, watch out. You turned Plenty into a vampire? Though, you didn't even tell me. Uh, no, no, it's beyond. I was the devil's own. <laughs> Trust okay. me. Yeah. Gotcha. Even <laughs> Worse scarier. Than that. Yeah, well, you know what? In a positive way, though. Devil's advocate, right? Um, anyhow, Bill, we're going to talk a little bit about the synchronicity, being that my show is about that also. And we're going to go more about your books and tell us about some of it and one of the most amazing synchronicities uh, prior to our meeting, I've been working on a family tree and getting pictures from different members of the family because, as everyone knows that listens to my show, I was a victim of Hurricane Sandy. So on top of all my losses, I lost all my pictures, my everything. I lost everything. Okay, so in order to do this family tree, I've been relying on relatives to send them to me, you know, and I'm scanning and what have you. One of the right. pictures – that was sent to me, and it's kind of ironic because it was in the hands of my brother, who's living up in uh, Beacon, and he sent it to my newfound cousin, who was the daughter of my my bachelor uncle that was given up for adoption. She's, you know, to help her out, to learn who her family is. We've just fronted each other the past two years, and we are, like, really tight now. She had this picture, and all of a sudden the other day she starts sending me, well, your brother sent me these. I thought you – I said, yes, I've been looking for that picture. And ironically, because my favorite word in my book, ironic, because everything is ironic, um, ironically, that picture contained our mutual aunt and uncle, my parents, and your grandparents, who was, you're named after, your your grandfather, Bill. I, I, was, I was blown away. Bill. I was blown away. Well, it's ironic. It's the same day or the day after that somehow you popped up on my page, and I said, Bill, teach, what, what's going on here? And then I well, see you're an yeah, author, yeah. and you're local. I said, I oh, my God. Talk about synchronicity. Didn't my book upside down just pop up on your thing or something? You yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm used to I'm used to the EBGBs. I call them. I'm used to this. <laughs> like today, I'll tell you today. The, the newest thing in my my house, and you and I discuss this a little bit. And you know, I'm kind of hesitant when I meet somebody new to tell them about me, not because I know it's real, and I, but I just don't know how they're going to feel. I want them to meet me as me, the author, the the person growing up in the area before they know everything that I do, because a lot of people think you're nuts doing it. So I don't care what they think, but I would rather you get to know me as a human being first, you know, not that that doesn't make me human, but then you can find out the rest, okay? So anyhow, um, right before the show tonight, and this is something that's been going on in my house, every time I walk into my kitchen, my washing machine is now shutting itself on. <laughs> you did it three times before the show tonight. I have pictures. I have a site. Uh, Bill, I don't know if you've been to that, gone to the site yet, but I have pictures of a uh, thing going on between my daughter's birthday and mine, which are six days apart. I, it's crazy. Some of the, the, the things that I get are crazy. But the synchronicity with you and me, for me to – I've been looking for that picture because I remember that picture because you're grandparents our mutual aunt and uncle my dad's brother was married to his gra- to bill's grandmother i just want to tell the listeners and our mutual aunt which is her sister married to my dad's brother and my parents every saturday night your grandparents i mean they were 
They might have been your grandparents and my aunt's sister, your grandmother. That was my aunt Ivanelle and my uncle Bill, you know, my other uncle Bill. So whether they were the bloodline or not, they were, were all linked. Your cousins are my cousins, you know, that we have bloodline between us, you know. Right. And right. um so it's kind of ironic, and for all the times that I've been wanting that picture and doing this family tree, to put that picture on and within 24 hours, if not the same day, because I'm still like in shock, to be honest with you. Every time something like this well, happens, I was I'm in, in shock. shock. Also, I don't want to, I don't want to lose your listeners because I get confused talking about it. But I was in shock when we talked about uh, Tom and Dottie and their son Michael on the farm up by Buffalo. Where I yeah. visited when I was five and six years old, and you knew them. Like, oh, yeah, I know Tom and Dottie. I'm well, like, I should, because I, I babysat I, I babysat from Michael. Years, Tom and Dottie live with my dad's brother. Dottie, I want to explain. Dottie is the daughter of my my uncle, my dad's brother, and, and, and Bill's uh, grandmother's sister. So I used to babysit when they lived down here until they moved up to the farm. And you said Dottie, and I said, well, that's our link, one of our links, because Dottie is my first cousin. Our fathers were brothers. And your her mother and your grandmother were sisters, so bloodline. And then on top of it, and this is not like incest thing, but my sister happened to marry Harold Boughton, who's yeah, uh, yeah. grand. Who he is all, now? My brother-in-law and my niece and nephews are also related to you, because even though my sister and him weren't related, my our first cousin would have been his second cousin, but no bloodline on the other side of the family. So you're also well, related again, to my niece Sue and my two nephews. <laughs> so you're related well, to me twice. Again, too, I was thinking about. It. I don't want to. Again, I don't want to alienate your listeners and all what we're talking about. I know because Tom, hey, Dottie, I think Tom, who was who was Dottie's husband. I think Tom Tom's was again, my yes. father's nephew. What? I, he was, no, no, no. I think, well, I don't see. I don't know. Actually, Dottie was the niece of your your father. But he may have been oh, your father's nephew. What? I think, That's crazy. I, I think Tom was my mm. grandfather's brother's son, Chubby, from New Jersey. I could be wrong. That's something. Well, his last name out. was Finnegan. No, his last name was Finnegan. Oh, okay. No, right. actually, Dottie was the relative. Dot was the relative, the, the, not the, 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 the listeners. But, I mean, I, I went up there when I was five and six, uh, seven, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, for a couple of weeks, and I haven't seen them since. Thought about mm-hmm. it. I still, have, I still have pictures of, you know, it, it, it was a real working farm. The tractors, the cows, the whole Oh, life. I know. I know. He was a prison Texas guard, and he was dinner. also the mayor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to love going up there and what beautiful people they were, and I just... Oh, I just find it fascinating. I mean, I, shit, you gave excuse my language. <laughs> That's okay, it's uncensored. <laughs> you gave me a picture of my grandparents from 1950. How cool is that? 55, yep, yep, yep. I was there. I was there. I was about two years old. I remember them being there, and they're all sitting there because they always partied and played cards. And yeah, the men drank. So for the most part, I don't think the women drank though. But they were all sitting there with a bottle. I never remember no, Aunt no, Dot or my mother, or they didn't drink. Ivan, I, I don't think she drank. Your grandmother, no, but no. Uh, it was kind of a horsing around that that having a good time back in the fifties. You know, and my mother's sitting there with a loaf of Wonder Bread. You know, yeah, she was she was a tough one. <laughs> but I well, think it's well, amazing. What's cool with that is that uh, 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 the middle portion of my memoir, Upside Down, one of the house, um, I pretty much write mm. about the time period from, you know, like 67 to 73, 75 were kind of my formative years. I was like four to like 12. And just that, right. just that whole time was just 
you remember it well. I mean, it was just a different time with the with the Vietnam yep. War and uh, and you know and the like my father so yep. affectionately called them the long hairs. It was, just a, it was just, a crazy, <laughs> just a crazy time. And that, yeah, you know, I, I, mean, we, I married my husband a year crazy. after the Vietnam. Whole country was the whole country was changing yep. as well as us. Yes, so, pretty yep. fascinating. The revolution. Pretty fascinating yeah. stuff. Pretty, I mean, I remember, you know, you knew Chucky well and, and, and Bruce. And I remember my father. Arthur yeah, it is, isn't it funny? We were... People that are in my book, my first book in dedication is very dear friends of mine. Chuck passed a few years ago, but his wife is still one of my dearest we and best friends, we Sabrina. Were we were both at his wedding but didn't meet. <laughs> is that crazy? You and I, I have kept crossing paths. Chucky coached me in youth football. Chucky coached me in youth football, and Chucky's father is my father. Just amazing. Friend. And they're in my book. Yep. They talk about six degrees of separation. It's much closer, people. We're all we are all one. We are all connected. You know, it's it's well, insanity. It really amazes me. Well, what was the synchronicity number that you were so amazed at in my book? How, oh my how, gosh! How, okay, my numbers and everybody that listens to my show and I I see some on uh, now on my board waiting to talk because there's people going to want to ask questions, um, and we'll get to you. I promise tonight. Uh, just hold on and. Um, Everybody knows that since the 70s with my aunt Shirley, who was from Montrose, and she was dying, where my brother had pointed out back in the 70s, she was in room 222, she died at 222, and that's when the 222 started popping, and that's part of my gift with the 222s. Then after you and I talk on the phone, I go and I Google your books, and I get to read what's your first chapter called. Room 222. <laughs> 222. Melissa, do you hear that one? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Is that weird or what? That and Melissa my, knows. If, that was my intensive care unit in the hospital. That was yep, room well, that's the, that's the touch of the angel number for me. That is my synchro synchronicity, major synchronicity. And right after I saw that, I said, Bill, you're not going to believe this. This is after you and I talked. And it was crazy enough that we're related, okay, and that this all happened that we met, like, how, how God intervention, obviously. Um, you know, I really believe your grandfather's behind this. And <laughs> then I opened this thing, and I see 222. I said, oh, my God, can it get any better than this? You know, and then I started sending you the phone calls I get with the number 222 on it and, and some of the things with the 222s, and it's like, okay, this is definitely meant to be, you know. And like you said, when we did meet in person at the library, we're probably not allowed to go back to the library. <laughs> we were, like, talking, like, forever, and all of a sudden the librarian looks at us and says, would you two like a conference room? No, thank you. And I was like, sorry, we no, I thought maybe you'd like the conference room. I'm like, get over it. You know what I'm saying? So you think she was giving us a hint? You think? <laughs> Good possibility. So tell us about that chapter, the 222, with you. I'd like to hear some of that. Well, the way I wrote the book is um, when I awoke in the hospital, I had a mild case of encephalopathy, which basically plays havoc with your mind. Uh, right, I didn't right. know where I was. I had hallucinations that... Mm -hmm. To, to this day, people say, you saw this and you thought this? I thought I was on a plane to Germany. I I woke up one night at 3 a.m. and tried to break out of the hospital. That was security. I, I saw nothing but mm -hmm. pants all over the room. They're like, what are you talking about? They're not mm -hmm. there. To me, they were, they were real. And mm -hmm. I wrote the book in that, in 
I try to write the words kind of in that crazy, surreal experience that I was living. And that's mm-hmm. how the book starts. I mean, I mean, the first line of the book is, I was being wished away. So where and why right. I was being wished away, sitting up and wished away, lying down. Where was I being? Do you think you had a near-death experience, Bill? Bill, honestly, I mean, being that we've connected, is it possible that you were having a near-death experience? Oh, and no, it wasn't so much. What do you without think? Yeah. Without because, without. you know, if you believe in heaven, I be- there's something else out there, too. And it sounds like you had a little taste of that <laughs> the other place. With the yeah, I mean, things, there was, there, was, there, was, there was none of that bright light and stuff. But I definitely, it was it was as if my spirit was 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 being assassinated, being drowned. In the book, I write like I felt like I, like I was drowned. I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move my legs. I, I right. heard the voices far away. I mean, I wasn't there. I did have that out of body experience. Like I was kind of. I saw what was going on, but I could I was helpless to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were they were sticking tubes down me at one point, and I started um, becoming uh, vomiting, and, and they were saying clear his throat. And it was all surreal. It was almost as if I was watching myself. But I know that sounds porn. Well, that happens. That, you know that, right? You do. That's you really do, what that happens. Um, I'm going to share and, a and, quick and, thing with you with my son when he was. He went into the, you know, he was doing the garbling right before he went into the coma with the, the uh, cirrhosis part, and I couldn't understand him. His speech was garbled, and I, I didn't understand what was going on, even though I was did nursing. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Then he was in a coma, and I'm in the room, and I, I had to leave to go to the bathroom, and I didn't want to leave him. And then the doctor goes, well, he doesn't know you're here. I said, who are you kidding? They, you're more conscious in a coma of what's your surroundings than you are when you're like the here and now with us. Because I said, well, you can't say that. The doctor's looking at me, why? I said, because every time I go to walk out that door, he starts to cry. If he didn't know mm-hmm. I was here, why did he make those sounds? Bull BS. I'm, sorry, I'm not going to say it on the air. Bull. He knew I was there. He was seeing well, everything. He, like you, he was out of the body, you know, in the different consciousness than of in the human form, probably watching himself laying there and letting me know, Ma, uh, don't leave me. I can't do this without you. You know, and closest, he proved that to me. The closest I had to to that was actually when I was finally out of the coma. My sister lives in Michigan. She flew in because they basically told her we don't think he's going to make mm-hmm. it. And all my friends were there, uh, guy mm-hmm. friends as well as girlfriends. But every girl in the room, my sister, a friend of hers that she drove in with, um, two two female friends of mine were there. And this, I was conscious now. Every right. face had my mother, was my mother's face. And I kept saying, Ma, my mother was deceased in 2008. This is 2012. And I said, Mom, right. Mom, you're here. You're here. And I'm hugging my sister saying, Mom, Mom, you're here. And she's like, what are you doing? And then I would talk to the next female in the room and say, Mom, Mom, I can't believe you're here. And they were like, whoa, this guy's losing it. Because but you know me, why? Because your mom was there. So real. Uh, of course. What, what, what other she was there. She was there. And and what they do and is I'm like my you, son. I'm not talking about hallucinating. I'm talking about clear as clear as a bell, and everything uh-huh. else was shut out. I knew my mom was my mom was deceased. I knew that, but everything right. was shut out. And I saw my mother, and that was the greatest thing in the world for me. I was like, oh my god, mom, you're here. Um, yeah, she was. So yeah, I mean, she was. you have some you have some pretty crazy things go on, but. Well, you know, only, you and only, I were discussing only, the other day how you love. Holy Spirit can see true, like true spirit, you know. 
Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're all spirit ourselves having a human experience. That's all. Well, and I'm going to share only, something in. Our, and only our spirit yeah. can see through spirit. That's where it becomes mm-hmm. another supernatural. We live with our five senses. Once we transcend those five senses, we're seeing some exactly. stuff, man. That's pretty groovy, you yep. know, and. Well, I'm going to share something with you to, um, that's in my next book and how you said, I love that title, Racing Hunters in Heaven. You just loved it. I love and that. And that, I, I was just going to do the first book, and I said, no, I need to do Racing Hunters in Heaven. That book is going to, I'm telling you, Bill, I have to say, if I do say so myself, that book is beyond amazing. I, I creeped out reading it, and I wrote it, you know, and I'm still writing it. But I'm going to share one of the experiences. It was New Year's Day, which was my husband's birthday. Uh, he had passed nine months before my son. And I normally slept at the hospital day and night with my son, but I was on the verge of pneumonia, so they made me go home. And, of course, I was going to – it was his last holiday. He left his last day here. was December 23, 2010. He died February 2, 2011. And it was January 1st. He was at Western Medical waiting to get a bed at Presbyterian because they had no beds there, and we had to get him to a hospital. And a weird thing had happened before he went in that day, uh, the, the 23rd, that, that day what made me call the ambulance. And then he's in the hospital. It's a week later, and he's out of ICU, believe it or not, totally lucid, totally together. And he calls me up, 22 years old, and he starts crying. Mom, you got to get here. And I'm like, what's the matter? I'm on my way because I was there. I spent Christmas Day, Christmas Eve with him, and New Year's Eve, and I'll be there in a little bit. I'm only 15 minutes away. And he says, no, I need you now. I said, what's the matter, Mark? My daughter appeared to him at his Ooh. bedside. And I said, are you? Are they giving him? I goes, no, Mom. He goes, I said, what happened? He goes, Mom, it's the third time she's done this. I don't want to talk about the other two times. And I said, and this is going to be in my book. I'll tell the whole story then. And he said to me, I called my daughter's best friend because uh, my daughter had passed eight years prior to this. We get to the hospital. I said, Mark, what happened? And he looks at me. He goes, Meg was here. I said, were you dreaming? No, Mom. He goes, I was asleep, and I felt somebody tugging on my arm. I woke up, and she looked at me and said, Mark, you got to get out of here. I said, what she looked like? He goes, you look like Meg, but she looked a little younger. She had on her sweats because my daughter had a model figure. She looked like a model, but liked her baggy stuff and what have you. And I've talked about it on the show before. And she turned to him and said, you got to get out of here. He says, Mom, you got to call Presbyterian and get me out of here. They're screwing up with me right and left. i got to get out of here. She, that's what she meant. She was coming to take him home that day, and he just wouldn't go. I know what the deal was. He died a month and a day later. He did finally go to Presbyterian that week. Um, and he would never tell me the other two circumstances when she had come to him prior. Uh, and one short story, right before my husband passed, who was a non-believer in any of this stuff, it's like, yeah, Peg, sure, you know, type of deal. He calls me, we were separated, and he was home, and he called me up, and he says to me, just like my son, he go, and he was, he was falling a lot, my husband. He was a product, a product, a, a person that got Agent Orange uh, diabetes from his tour in Vietnam, developed a swarm of diabetes from it, was proven, blah, 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 blah. And he calls me up, and he was falling a lot, and he says to me, Meg was just here. I'm like, what? And he starts laughing. I said, Don, cut it out. And even though I did this and I didn't tell people at the time, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I was dozing the lazy boy. I was leaning forward because he was kind of out of it at times. He goes, I looked up, and he goes, there she was, and she pushed me back in the chair. So my daughter literally came to my husband, or you know, her father and her brother both, and they both well, shared Peggy, those stories with me. Peggy, if I can, real quick, I'll piggyback on that. This is uh, 
before I was admitted, way before this, um, before my mother even died in 2008. Now, my father was your typical, uh, you know, raised in, in town of Cortland, blue-collar mm-hmm. worker, football-loving, beer-drinking, you know, man's yep. man, John Wayne, John Like Wayne. the rest of our family. <laughs> yeah, you yep. know, you know, and John, and I mean, my middle name is Wayne. I was after John Wayne, he told me. But uh, wow. one day he told me. One day he told me he woke up in bed and my mother was sick and he rolled over and he saw her. She was like burned charcoal. And I think what? And my dad really? was, you know, he was fine. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I'm telling you, I saw it. Then I saw all these stars. I'm like, Dad, you feeling all right? And he just kind of let it go. Well, right. on his deathbed, my mom died in 2008. In 2011, on his deathbed, this is my father now. I mean, Archie mm-hmm. Bunker, USA. Oh, I was married to Archie, too. He looked like him, too. My he, says, <laughs> he, says, he says to me, he goes, it's okay now. He, can't you see the angels sitting on the windowsill? Now, my dad, oh, my, my God. Dad calls, my dad was in, was, you know, he, he would call us nuts for talking about this. This is a man mm-hmm. who, you know, he didn't want to hear none of that stuff growing up. It was, you know, yep. early to bed, early to rise, all that stuff. But this, yep. and I looked at him, and I, and I was like, what did you just say? And he goes, you can't see them. I'm like, Dad, he goes, I'm fine. He goes, I'm telling you, it's time for me to go. And we and yep. we took him out of the hospital, put him in hospice, and he died in, He died the next day. Well, I'm going to well, share, you know what, and you and I have to get together physically again because I'm going to play one of my shows. Melissa, remember the show where Mark came through and you thought it was you? And yeah. I heard my son say, okay. Well, I was sharing the same thing. My mother died of Alzheimer's, was not able to talk for two years. Our only way of communication, because the singing, the part of the brain where you sing from is a different part of the brain. There's reactive and the thinking, whatever. And that's why somebody like uh, Mel Tilson, who was a singer, stuttered, but he'd get on the stage, he wouldn't stutter singing. Right, right. Well, right. I found being an Alzheimer's specialist, that's what I did for a living. And my mother, plumber with a broken toilet, couldn't fix my mother. And she stopped talking two years prior to her death. I did a show one night, and I started to tell the story about how my mother reached out, looked at the end of her bed, Melissa, who was my co-host, his father was on one side, my brother. I was on the other side waiting for my other siblings to come sign the DNR with me, my four other siblings, and my uncle at the end of the bed, and my mother could not talk for two years and looked at my uncle and started calling his name repeatedly, not saying it, saying it, and then reaching out, and she did the same thing. She, Her face lit up, and she reached out, and she goes, the angels are here. Just as I'm telling the story on the radio show that night, all of a sudden, Melissa started to say something, and all of a sudden you hear, my son's voice came through on the radio, and, and you can hear, Ma, just as I said that, the angels are here. I can play that for you. I have that, that part. Actually, that, wow. that little movie I did, I'll send it to you. You can listen to my the signs. So when you, you just gave me chills, and I still get the EBGBs even though I do what I do, because I love well, it, you know, and you it's know, just at exciting. That, but at that time that my dad said that, I still wasn't open to a lot of spiritual stuff. I was, you know, right. before I became very sick. But what, but what, what didn't, it didn't scare me, but it, it alerted me, or it made me aware, I guess, is that this Something is the last person in the universe that you would mm-hmm. think to say some mumbo jumbo like that? Because for him it was mumbo jumbo. Well, I heard him yep. say. Yeah, yeah. Me was, he was, even though I did this, I called it the EBGBs. I used to laugh at it too, mm-hmm. even though I knew I had a gift. I used to, yeah, okay. I I loved it, you know. But it was it was real, but it wasn't real. You know what I mean? Like walking in my kitchen tonight and watching my washer. This has been doing this. I walk in the kitchen and all of a sudden my washer goes on. What, what the hell? Nobody's in my kitchen. Well, <laughs> and it did it three you know, times you know, over the like, show tonight. 
but it goes back to that we we are so conditioned to deal with our five senses, the natural mm-hmm. world. That's when the supernatural comes in that we have such difficulty accepting it because we can't keep, you know taste it, touch it, see it, and when we do it, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of it's, and a lot of it's based on faith, and I mean, faith yep. is, is faith is a stairway that you have to climb, not knowing what's on the top. That's why they call it faith, and exactly, it's such a test so, a test so easy to fail. We've got to dismiss it and actually deal mm-hmm. with, what, what, with what was shown to us. I love it when things like this happen. Now I'm so open to oh, it. Oh yeah. Now. Well, I have a minister that's on my show that, like, I get, I mean, you know, a lot of the parents I I talk to, most of them get the signs, like the butterflies, and Melissa, too, Melissa, you get the, Melissa's also intuitive, right? Um, She gets the feathers, right, Melissa, a lot? Yeah. The white feathers, and she's had other things happen to her, too, which will be in my book, and um, what happened was, um, the things that I get, I put on Facebook like my son appearing in some guy in Jersey store that was on a site and I, I the guy goes well, I don't know who this is I don't, this is creeping me out I just got married wife took a picture blah 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 I've talked about it a million times this year. and I looked I said oh my god it's my son's face we didn't know this guy from Adam so I, wow. I send the guy a picture of my son he looks at it and that's on that site I sent you if you want to scroll that page and I actually I'll send you that little movie I made a couple weeks ago even with my son I did the whole bit of the radio show, that, that one minute where my son came through, and you could hear him say, Ma, when I said the angels are here. I don't dub this. I don't um, I do not do Photoshop. Uh, I don't do any of this. I swear as God is my judge. I don't have time for this. Why, I, why, I'm not, why, I'm not why, trying to convince anybody. Huh? Exactly. Why, you know, why would you? you yeah, I mean, I got better things to do in my life. I'm 61. I should be traveling, you know? <laughs> it's It's crazy. Numbers was when I was very uh, sick and out of getting out of control with the drinking mm-hmm. before I went to the hospital. I was really bad, and people thought I was crazy. I kept seeing, no matter where I went, I I I would see twelve eighteen on the clock, or I'd see twelve eighteen on a license plate, or twelve eighteen would be the yep. number, number that came out, and that's my adopted mm-hmm. son's birthday. And I said, I don't wow. understand why I keep seeing twelve eighteen. And my friends like, because it's twelve eighteen p.m. God damn it, there's no. There's no special meaning. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I see it six or seven times a day on a mailbox uh-huh. on a license plate. And it started, like, bugging yep. me out because at that time, too, I still wasn't ready to uh, appreciate or accept all, all of that, you know? Um, right, but I look right. Back on things, I look back on things now, and the universe is constantly giving us messages or... Through numbers. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. We, we just don't know how to accept them at times. And even if we do, we, we're still not clear on what they really mean. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, aren't you even more convinced now with your chapter of 222 and being that I sent you what I sent you? And I, you can go back to my shows way before I met you. I mean, I'm talking a year ago, me talking about the 222s. I did a whole show on it. <laughs> you right. know? Right. That, it's one of our, that's, I, I think you're already accepting it, and I don't beg anybody. It's like either do or you don't. It happens to you don't. And I have a chapter in, in my, my book, uh, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug, that said, uh, you know, talk kind of about the hypocrites. You sit in the pew, and the, there's a man up there that's just like you when he goes to, to uh, the seminary or whatever, and he's telling you that heaven's real, God's real, there's a heaven, we're going to go there. 
and then you walk out of that church and like whatever. And then I, somebody like me that has faces appearing in pictures, and it's not of the devil because I'm not of the devil. You know, um, I don't ask for none of this. It creeps me out too. I'm human, you know, and, and trying to give you concrete proof because God obviously is giving me this to bring other people closer. So you're doing the same thing in church as I'm telling you. You know, he's setting signs, obviously, to me because I've been through hell on earth, and I'm still here somewhat sane, I guess, if you want to call it that. And well, what's the difference? You sit in the pew and you, you believe the same thing. But somebody like you and I tell them this, that they think we're nuts. Go figure, right? You know, it's crazy. Well, yeah. It's crazy. And again, I mean, it's I mean, hypocritical. It's just, I just, I like calling it all that is, the universe, all that is, what you yeah. give out comes back to you. I mean, I really, I'm really really believe in this stuff now because because you know what maybe could maybe because i am seeing it or feeling it and my and my five senses are now recognizing it before it wouldn't so i would mm-hmm. miss it so it's a growing process and it's it's scary but it's so exciting <laughs> well it is exciting and, and believe me when i walked in the kitchen tonight and that washer did it again and it's been doing yeah, that, that would it doesn't out. happen when my other son I, I, my other son was at home I mean, my washer doesn't need to shut it. Why is I have a, uh, you know, it's digital. There's no reason for that washer to shut itself out. I have a time relay thing, and I, I check that even, you know. And I said, nope, that's not on. You know, the delay for eight hours, that's not on. I shut it off. I turn around and it shut itself back on again. Well, then I sat down. I side, just, a, just a quick sidebar is when my aunt came in the library the other day, and you and you said you didn't know her, and ended up being best friends with her daughter. My, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, really good friend. It's, yeah, his now I have to explain to the listeners his aunt, who is his uh, his uh, mother's sister, who's not related to me at all. Is I'm related on on Bill's father's side through marriage. I uh, never met the woman in my life. She came in because we were going to do some book signings that day on Friday, and this woman comes in. I just figured some lady coming in saw my post about the book signings. I didn't know her, and she's talking, and she's t- somehow her daughter's name came out. Your first cousin. And then I, I looked at her. Now, she didn't say anything to me to believe that it was. I said, did she work at so-and-so, which was the restaurant next to me? She goes, yeah. I said, she's like my confidant. I used to walk yeah. over to the restaurant when my son was dying. She would make special meals for him, knew when it was for him when he was dying. Robin went through that whole thing with me. And here yeah. you are, another first cousin. There's right. so much connecting us. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. You know, I mean, it's 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 great, but it is crazy. You know, but it's real. No, like you know, said, that's even, all I can say. It's just, I mean, look even, at our connections. I mean, you've obviously gotten blown away. Even someone who doesn't, who doesn't buy into any of this would have a yep. hard time dismissing the quote-unquote co- you know coincidences that me and you have experienced in less than a week. Exactly. In less than a week. Yeah, we've only known each other for about a week. Uh, it was uh, really? not even a week Friday when we met face-to-face finally. Oh, but I mean, and, but there were, like and, 10, but there were 10 outstanding coincidences. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, posting a picture that I get from a relative who got it from my brother, who I didn't know had the picture, and she's only been uh, known in the family, even though she, because she was given up for adoption, who happened to be my brother, my my father, brother's Bill's daughter. You know, she that, has the picture, and she just tries to send it to me. How did you stumble on my book? How did you stumble on my book without knowing me? You know, you, How you do have, I? I don't know. It just happened. I would, I had just yeah. posted that picture, and and I don't know what the hell. I, I just saw this book, and I saw Bill Teets. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. like, what? That, why would this pop up on my site on Facebook? Out of the blue. Unless there wasn't a God incidence there. You know? Yeah. And I said, this guy's going to think I'm nuts, but I'm going to write him. So we weren't oh, friends on here. Yeah. I didn't know you from Adam. I didn't know, uh, um, you know, Ivan L's grandchildren. I, I mean, right. I knew um, Debbie well, and you your Debbie. cousin Debbie. Debbie was one of my best friends. We she used to do sleepovers, and we did sleepovers together. We used to stay at Uncle Carl and Aunt Dot's house that's all the time. Right. That's, she that's, turns that's out to be your daughter. father's sister's daughter, your grandfather's yeah, sister's daughter, daughter, right? Daughter. Yeah, daughter. yeah. That was that, that was Bill and Ivan Hill's grandchild. That's my first cousin. Yep, and she, we always you. called each other cousins because we were not blood blood, but my uncle Carl and Aunt Dot were her Aunt Carl Aunt, Aunt Carl. Yeah, sometimes yeah, she used to dress up. Once I was nursed back to health after the hospital because my friend was in Wapakers Falls, I ended up staying in this mm-hmm. area, and I come to find out that Debbie lives like five minutes from me. And, and you I know, prior to me moving here, her and Pete I, I, lived about two seconds from me. They lived yeah, right around I the knew, corner from I me. I knew, I knew him with Mike, but I didn't see Debbie in a good 20 years. Yep. Well, I ran into her on my 43rd birthday for the first time in years. We had gone to the, the old orchard here in Verplank which is now the funeral home where my son and, and, and yeah. husband were laid out. And I walk in, and here she is with Pete, who I grew up with in Croton, and Debbie lived in Austin, and I grew up in Croton, and she was my relative. And she now she turns out to be your father's sister's daughter. You know, <laughs> this is insanity. So we have had so many. Um, Bill, let's talk. Um, you know, we have people. Um, I'm going to, you know, get them on the air in a little bit. Maybe they ask you some questions. Yeah, okay. Let me uh, bring a caller on um, and uh, see what they have to say. Okay. Okay, 603-7143. I know who it is. Hi, Trish. How are you? Hello, Trish? <laughs> Hello? Okay, I'm going to put her back on hold. I guess she maybe she's on, but um, she's not talking. Okay, we have another caller. I think this may be her daughter, Megan, where her and I have similarities, too. Um, can I ask you one question? What are the dates? Uh, you said your 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 dad died in 2011? 2011, yes. What date? May, uh, May, May 23rd. Okay. I'm just asking for it anymore. My mom died the 26th, my sister the 20th, the 12th. I'll tell you huh? the weird thing with that. My mom died August 23rd, 2008, at 12 noon. My father mm-hmm. was pronounced dead on May 23rd, 2011, at 12 midnight. Wow. So that was that was kind of strange for us, for the kids. Yeah, I've had that too. I had I I show in my book. Um, my father died. It's all different years. My father died in '93, April 18th, on my sister's birthday who died in 2006. Uh, that was April 18th. April 21st, four years after my, or five years after my father, my oldest brother died, April 21st, the day before his own birthday, April 22nd. And my husband died 2010 on April 22nd on my brother's birthday. Wow. And then May 2nd, May 20th, May 12th, and May 26th, my mother, my daughter, my sister-in-law, and my sister all died a week apart in May. Yeah. So I had a lot of these weird things happening. And another thing with the numbers, like the 222, 512 is the day my daughter. My daughter actually died on Mother's Day the year she died. It was Mother's Day. And my son died on, talk about 22. He was 22. 
He died on February 2nd, 2-2-11. And he was two, day, uh, two months and two days, uh, 22 years old when he died to the day. So it was all a bunch of two-twos. It was crazy. It was, it was It's insanity. Well, again, Melissa, do you have any questions for Bill? Melissa's also, she writes and does a lot of poetry. And You want to ask Bill some questions? Um, I don't really have any right now. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's try to bring a caller on again. Let's see. Let's bring another one on. Uh, Area code 603. Hello? Anyone there? Hello? I don't know. They're on the line, <laughs> and they're listening, um, But and they, they hit the cue to, to talk to people. So, well, Bill, you know what? Let's... Um, Let's. I'm amazed because you just shared some stories tonight that we didn't even talk about on Friday with our meeting. So you've kind of got me kind of uh, intrigued here. And I really, when I said, because I say what I mean and mean what I say, I think your work is brilliant. I haven't read, I mean, Bill and I exchanged copies of books, signed copies the other day, and I haven't got to read it all. Um, but what I've seen that you've done is brilliant. Your work is brilliant. And there, there is another synchronicity, you and I, with the music, because Melissa will tell you, our family's big on music. She even tried out for um, American Idol. She flew out an X Factor, right, in California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I we're did. Big on, and, oh, yeah, she did. She's a singer, too. And so am I. And, um, Bill, what's your connection with music, with your work, or is it just uh, a uh, thing with you? Upside down, one in the house, I mean. That book is filled with so much music because music music is transcendental. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know it, it it can bring you to a time and a place. It'll invoke a yep. feeling of you know a, you know a feeling in you. But when I say transcendental, I mean it, it, we can't capture it. it. It's it's it it's like love or beauty or or, or, or courage or yeah. It's just out there. It's it's produced. It's made and it affects everyone in so many different ways, but so strongly. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I can name any song, and you'll know the time, the place, the age, what was going on when you heard, you know, your favorite songs. And yeah. throughout my whole book, uh, I just there's there are probably conservatively about thirty to thirty-five references to songs. I mean, I, I can make a well, soundtrack. Well, that's, that's another uh, gut influence with us, because I do the same thing. I don't know if you realize that. A lot of no, my poetry, if, if I, made a I put in songs. Out of, my, out of my book, it'd be a bestseller. <laughs> the what? I'm sorry? If I made a soundtrack out of all the songs I listed in my book, the album would be a bestseller. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, mean, I, I can imagine. I, and actually, uh, what was really weird is there was one time when I was in SUNY Oneonta, me and this girl, mm-hmm. Mary, she's uh, chapter 12 in the book. Uh, we go to a place yeah. called the Old Spanish Tavern, and that's where they had the 45 jukeboxes. Remember those? No, and yes, we would go in there and always play Mr. Bojangles by Jerry Jeff Walker. The Nitty Green Dirt Band made it big, but he wrote it and sang it. And yeah. they had that 45 on the jukebox. So one day we're sitting, and we played it all the time. We'd sing it, you know, we're drinking beer and getting drunk and raising hell. And one day yeah. this guy walks over and he goes, do you like that song? I said, oh, I love it. He goes, I'm Jerry Jeff Walker. I said, get the hell what? out of here. Well, come to find out it's him. He was born and raised in Oneonta where I was going to school. And I actually you want to hear something very Walker. weird? My my daughter's children live right next to Oneonta. 
My grandchildren. Really? Yes, they live up in, um, they were in Hobart, right below, and now they're in Bloomsfield or Bloomsville or something, which is right out of Oneonta. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Melissa went yes, to school yes. in Binghamton, right? That's not too far, yeah. right, Melissa? Yep. Oh, hell no. Yeah, not far. Yeah, that's where she went to school to become an editor. That's 81. Binghamton was a great school. I loved it. Yeah, yeah she just graduated a few years ago. Wow. Yeah, she cool. actually worked. Melissa, tell tell uh, Bill some of the stuff you did up there. You worked for, what was it, Harper Pallet? Yeah, I, I completed an internship for Harper Pallet. I was their event coordinator and editorial assistant, and it was a really great experience. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, she 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 lives the other side. She lives right off of Kings Ferry too, right by the library. So we should get together maybe on a Saturday. I don't know if they'll throw us out or just come to the house. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out of the no, library. No, you, 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 know, you let me know. You give me some days notice. Not a problem. I'd like to share some of my books with Melissa. Like the one oh, thing. Oh, heck yeah, of course. I think it'd be cool. Down come on down. Edited horribly. Was edited horribly. But I, I can help you. It's an awesome story. The, uh, well, that's what, like, you know, you and I were talking the other day, you and I were talking about, I said that, you know, I I don't pretend to be, uh, like I said, Orson Welles or, or, or a, uh, a Truman Capote or, I write, just write, I don't, like, that's why I have an editor, because I'm not, oh, I'm not, how do I say, what what did you say, You actually you complimented me, and that was very sweet of you. I told you You said, be consistent be with what you do. That, that some of the writing was weak. But because yep. you were consistent in the way that you wrote it, it ended up working. Mm-hmm. It was like you were like pretty much talking and telling a story. Where mm-hmm. dramatically and this and that, you could use some improvement. But all of a sudden, I said, wait a minute. She's keeping it consistent, so I'm getting that voice. They call it the voice. And the voice mm-hmm. is coming through, which is, you know, yep. hard to do. You know, if right. you were to write, you know, if, if, if you wrote correctly, grammatically correctly, and then went kind of slang and then went back to it wouldn't work, but... Your voice was consistent, so it worked. Yeah, like I said, you know, with me, what you see is what you get. And that's how I do it, and I don't claim to be the greatest writer in the world, but I I get my story out, and I tell my story the way it is, and hopefully people will learn from it. And like a lot of the reviews that I had had received, some were like just very bleh. I have to be honest, you know, thank you for your reviews, and I appreciate it, but you just didn't get it. Uh, the last three reviews I got, they got my book, which finally was great. It, it, it gave me great satisfaction finally because they saw what the purpose. There was purpose in the book. It wasn't a, you know, like I said, it wasn't Stephen King. You know, Steve, Stephen King writes happy horseshit and plays English. I'm sorry. He writes, he keeps people on the edge of their seat, and he, he makes up these great stories. I'm giving you a Steve, Stephen King story. But I'm giving you a real story. It's nonfiction. It's so so you can sit there. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's like, you know, some people think, how could she do this? She lost kids. Why is she? Bu-? Because I have to. Because it will bring peace. My main goal is to bring peace to others. Because well, you if know, I you didn't. Know, you know, Maya, Maya Angelou, uh, who I simply adore, and I'm paraphrasing here, but. Her famous quote was, there is no greater tragedy than bearing an untold story inside of you. So what mm-hmm. you're doing is instead of holding that grief and story inside you, you're sharing it with the world. 
Mm-hmm. And it don't get no better than that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just, that's what you need to do. And it's not just and, for and, me to and, vent. And, it's it's and, to help and others. By, and by you sharing the story, it's comforting uh-huh. and helping others. So yep. screw everybody else, basically. I mean, you know. Well, that's what I feel. You know what? A lot of people don't get it because they're too superficial and... They think, you know, okay, she's nuts, she's gone deep in, so she wrote a book, well, Big Schmeal, you know? Am I, I going to read your book and say, you know, oh, well, you know, she's correctly incorrect and, she, and, 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 and the tenses are wrong, it's not written properly? Or am I going to respect mm-hmm. it for what, for what it's saying and the influence exactly. and impact it's having on others and the comfort yep. and joy and support it brings to others? Because if you're affecting more readers, you're, you are affecting more readers in a positive way than just an entertainment novel that Stephen King writes the same thing over and over, good versus evil. So, I mean, right. you know, don't... don't ever yeah, I mean, his is for entertainment purposes only. Mine is a message. There's a difference between yeah, Stephen yeah, King and my yeah, books. So. And, and, and you you may get the same thrill, a non-believer um, or whatever you want to call yourself, really non-spiritual person, just to get the kick out of a Stephen King book, you may get that same kick out of my book, but it's real. That's the difference between Stephen King and I. And it gives you a message, and it brings hope, and it brings, um, hopefully brings peace to people that have gone through similar things that I've gone through that think they're crazy, you know? And because if you don't think I question some of these things when I have – that's for years I didn't tell anybody about my gift or Melissa didn't talk about hers because she has it too. Melissa also does what they call automatic writing. Like she can actually read somebody. She'll start drawing pictures and whatever while I'm on the phone and do a reading that way. I don't do that. She's really gifted, you know. I'm Thank gifted you. in my own way. I just get images in the head. I get whatever, whatever, and kind of like diarrhea of the mouth, I call it, because I just go with the flow. They'll present something to me, and a lot of people sometimes don't get it. I haven't charged anybody. People will contact me privately. I don't know from Timbuktu. And like you said, when you heard you had listened to a show or two, you said that, you know, at first you thought, well, maybe this is a setup. I don't know these people from Adam. 99% of the people that call on the show, I don't know them. They call me. They're they're unfamiliar to me, and I start giving them things like uh, one woman. I said um, I'm seeing antique cars and and blah 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 blah. And then she started going into her father, and, and and then there was a fire at her uncle's, and and the only thing that was left was his license. They found, <laughs> you know, so things that I come up with are very. Um, Unusual. I come up with unusual things that they they show me. I could tell you you have a doggy and his name is and we've done the dog things and whatever. Was it Melissa, Sam, and Fred? Yeah. Stupid stupid names, right? We're getting people dogs, whatever. Like it's crazy. But I, you know, we give them very specific things too. And then I have people that don't get the validations. I had this other woman recently. Didn't know her. She goes, "Well, I've heard about you. Can you give me a reading?" So I do it on Facebook privately. And I bring up a uh, name, Ashley. Her son had died. She goes, oh, well, instead of a validation that she should be happy that I got this name, that was his ex. That wasn't his fiance when he died, but that she was a real you-know-what. And It's a validation, people. <laughs> you know, Don't kill yeah. the messenger. They okay. just – the people just look at my book. They just don't quite get it yet. You know, they don't get it. You know, I'm giving well, you a validation. Your, your, your book has a definite target on and I think it brings such comfort to me, like I said, that, man, that's why it's selling so well on Amazon. I mean, people need to, 
need that reassurance and need to know that somebody else went through the pain they're going through. And it's a fact yeah. to me, too. Like, even when I was editing it, the flow of it, you just want to keep reading. Like, you want to know what's going to happen. Right. And it's a lot of books aren't like that. A lot of books, you read a couple of pages, and you're just like, oh, next one. Like, hers kind yeah. of, it's almost like entrapping. Like, you want to know yeah. what's going to happen to this person. You want to know, you know, are they going to survive? What is going on? It's just, I literally, I talked to my grandmother about it, and she said, I sat down, and I read that book in one day. She goes, I didn't put it down. That's how good it was. And for her to say I that had, today, I had people tell me that. These are people yeah. related to me and didn't even know half of this stuff. Melissa, right. well, you know, she's my niece. She didn't know any of this stuff, the majority of it. She's editing my book. And the funny thing was she was going to school in Binghamton when I asked her to edit it. I didn't know she was going to school for editing. I had no idea. She goes, oh, I'll do it for you. I said, I need what help with this. Major? Then she goes, well, I'm going to school for editing. I'm like, I knew she was in college. I didn't know she was specializing in editing. Yeah, I didn't know. English. It all happened. So your major was English? My major was English, general literature, rhetoric, and psychology. And then I did internships in editing and publishing. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Whoa, yep. Right. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, she's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, you know, she's also a teacher right here in Montrose. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future she'll get a full-time career in editing. So she's looking forward to that. And, yep, yep. It will happen. It'll do you, happen. Do you teach in Montrose? Yeah. Where? Um, I teach at a VA hospital. Oh, nice. Okay, sure. I know the VA. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, so That's she does cool. a lot of things. Cool. She's paying off the student loans. She works really oh, yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. One day at a time. Well, one yep. thing, one thing was, with, with, with my memoir, which I found, people, people were saying the same thing, you know, I, I couldn't put it down. It's because I exposed the true side of me, and the people that knew me were like, yo, what the hell? Where'd this come from? Right. Uh-huh. Which, you know, they don't know. You know, we didn't know that. I also had a, I had a, I had a boatload of literary references and biblical references. The music was big in it. I'm big on metaphors, but I'm big also on Melissa. I'm sure you know the uh, journey of the, the, you know, the myth of the journey of the hero, Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just, it's just fascinating stuff. And I used uh, so much of the, uh, the literature that I knew in that. Peggy, I right. know that you that, that you enjoyed some of the quotes I had and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it's some of the things. Cool. I, mean, I had a little. I had to literally sit down and think about it. And it's like, what does he mean? How is he? Where is he going there with this? Because we talked about one of the quotes the other day, and I was trying to because you know, like anything else in writing, there's there there can be several interpretations. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, where is he going with this? And and, and I said, is it this way? That way? You know? And that's kind of cool because it really makes the reader think. You know? That's what I love about your writing, Bill. It makes someone really think it out. You know? Yeah. It's not like. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's awesome. It real. That's why I said that's why I call it brilliant. Your work is brilliant. You know, it really makes people stop and think. And I swear, I wouldn't say that if I didn't. You know, trust me, I'm a hardcore. Sometimes <laughs> I'm. A, I am probably the worst critic. I'm your, I'm your worst nightmare because I, I I am honest and I tell you like it is. But you're brilliant. You are brilliant. I'm fascinated by your work, and I can't wait to finish reading everything. You know, it's it's well, wow. We're gonna, to, we're, gonna be, we're gonna have to get together too, Melissa. You're gonna have to join us, and I'll of course. Be sure to give you a signed copy of. That would be great. I would love that. And and before the flood. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Up, upside down, one, one in the house. Just um, just a little funny story with it. I did a little double entendre there. Upside down meant my life was upside down, obviously. Mm-hmm. And one on and one on the house was that I got a second chance from God or the universe or all that is. But also upside down means an upside down shot glass on the bar, which represents what, Peggy? As we all know. One on the house. Give me, give me another bartender. One on the house. <laughs> One you on know. the house. Him and I used to frequent frequent to the same bar. We talked about that the other day. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, what are the odds of that? that? We probably passed it. Huh? I worked at Folsom's for four years. He worked at Folgems. Did you hear that? And Melissa lives yeah. right around the corner. Melissa lives off of um, Kings Ferry. Let's and all not give my whole address away, Peg. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not giving right. the total address in that area. That's all. Yeah, let's she lives very that. close to Folgems. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah, and, and I didn't realize that. So I may and my ex-boyfriend used to live on top of Folgems. <laughs> well, actually, the bar where you work. The friend that took me in for the first few months out of the hospital was Bruce's ex first ex wife. Yeah, you told me that. The the owner yeah. of Fulton, Bruce Fulton's yeah, yeah, ex wife. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's such a small world. I mean, like I say, they Very we talk world. about uh, the six degrees of separation, but I I think it's much closer than that. You know, they, they talk about the universe and we're all one. We really are. You know, we are all connected because I, I think about even other friends, like they're related to somebody I'm related to, related to, related. You know what I'm saying? We are all connected. You know, whether you want to go back to the Bible with the, the original Adam and Eve or whatever, we are all connected. You know, in one way or the other, some, you know, I mean, you and I are connected uh, more than one way, obviously. You know, through my brother in law and my aunt, our aunt, our mutual aunt. And uh, places we've gone, people we've seen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a similar lifestyle, and, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's just insanity. It's just, I, I keep well, using like the word insanity, maybe you know, it's like the wrong one. But. We were at Chucky's wedding and didn't know each other. I'm sure, I'm positive, I must have served you numerous times in Folgems when we didn't know each other. Probably. You know, Probably. Oh, you would have remembered me, <laughs> White I Russian Bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to hang out in the clubhouse when I wanted to get away from Folgers. Clubhouse and Grodin? Yeah, My friends owned it, Bobby and Debbie. My friends, Bobby Visconti and Debbie. Actually, his wife used to date my husband's brother, Jack. Yep, before they were married. There were three bars right on that, right on Grand Street, I think. Yep, clubhouse, Gallagher's, the clubhouse, and, and Grandstand. The Grandstand, yep. thank you. Oh, my God, you're bringing me back. And he's connected yeah. to me, too. His father's sister is my sister's godmother. Yep. And actually, the night his dad died uh, was the night my boyfriend and I split up because we'd gone to the uh, the wake, so and there was um, something happened afterwards, and that's when my boyf- my ex-boyfriend and I split up. They used to live on top of Fulton's. We were at uh, Bose's father's wake because Bose's mm. father's sister was my mother's best friend and my, my sister Mary's godmother. Yeah, so we are connected. And then my husband through marriage is related to his cousins. So that's what I'm talking about, the sixth degree of separation thing. It's crazy. You know, we, we are really all connected. And, you know, the ones that own the, the, the clubhouse, uh, Debbie, uh, Bobby, the owner's wife, is also a cousin to the ones that own the grandstand. 
and she also dated my brother-in-law. <laughs> oh, here's Jesus. another connection again. It's crazy, right. crazy. I know it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So where are you at now? You you're you're writing a novel, um, or have you started yet? Or you're just thinking about it? Or where are you at with that? Oh no, I'm two I'm two thirds done. Uh huh. It's called it's called Reverend Went Walking. It's called what? It's Reverend Went Walking. Okay. And it's a compliment story. I can't really explain the phone. But basically, it deals with the socio economic inequalities in America. And more mm-hmm. importantly, what you can understand is how organized religion tends to screw things up because it's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, was that too heavy when I said that? or you know, I, I'm, I, I No, 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 I'm because I, I, I'm not, um, you know, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, Um my dad worked for the Episcopal Church 50 years. He was a sexton, so I was I was forced to go to church because I had to. That's where my dad worked. He worked railroad by day, church weekends and nights. And he was on the vestry. He wasn't the minister, but we were we had religion forced on us. And I'm glad for that because it gave me the basics of what who I am today. But you don't have to be religious to be spiritual. Um, you know, your connection to God and Jesus is a very personal one, and it doesn't always have to be in the pews of the church. There's a lot of I I talk about the hypocrites in pews. There's a lot of people sit in the pews and leave there yeah, well, and I, don't well, I practice mean, I, anything. Uh, in this book, I kind of you know say how uh, religion bastardizes spirituality. I mean, the mm-hmm. children's crusades of the Catholic, the Christians, the uh, Pope Leo the Tenth selling. Box in heaven for bags of gold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, once, right. man involved, once man gets involved, it, it gets corrupted. I mean, in the Catholic yeah. Church alone, you know, you know, a priest can't be married. There's nothing in the Bible about that. The reason that mm-hmm. came about being, priests could get married at one time, but it was changed right. in 800 because every time the priest died, the, the wife and the kids would inherit the church land, and the church said, we're losing too much land. Let's say priests have wow. to sell it. So, you know, there's wow. a lot of that. You know, a lot of things you don't know about it. And That's interesting. I didn't know that. You know, and then you think about, well, to go to heaven, you have to be born again. Well, what about the Hindus? What about, you know, the Muslims? What Jewish. about the Jews? They don't get in heaven because they don't believe, mm-hmm. you know. So it, once, once man gets involved, it gets corrupted, as always. Well, you know, I told you I have um, Kevin Schopel. He's a Baptist deacon. The only common theme in every Bible is treat Mm -hmm. thy neighbor as you want to be treated, the golden rule. That goes back to Buddha. I mean, that that goes back to Buddha. You know, that's what it's all about. It's about spirituality. It's about, again, where I I strive every day. I ask the Holy Spirit, Jesus, we want to call the universe. Please make me as compassionate as I can be today. Mm-hmm. On earth, as, on earth as it is in heaven. You know what I mean? That's what it's all yep. about. Yeah, simple prayer, the Lord's prayer. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and I just want to tell the listeners, we're not bashing going to church. I mean, that's fine and great, and I still do, and no, not no, every week. Not but you know, I just want to let them know, and I'm not, I'm not putting you down. I'm just letting because people get you know, sometimes people get a little weird about things. But you know, for instance, I have like I, I told you about Kevin Chappelle. Melissa's been on the show with him and me, and he was a ordained. He's an ordained Baptist deacon. Now the Baptist church is usually very strict about things. 
he was a Sunday school teacher and then got ordained and what have you. And he ended up marrying a woman like me, uh, an intuitive. You know, she's 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 got a gift. And he dated prior to that at a Bible study camp when he was younger, a girl that knew things, had premonitions. And here he is going to this and learning this way and blah, 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 blah. And he, and I'll tell you, I've turned to him even now in my day-to-day life. And though I've read the Bible, I, I, I'm like brain dead with it sometimes. I can't memorize the scripture. I just can't do it, you know. But he, there was something recently, and he'll just pop a verse out. Well, this, let's read to this verse. He's teaching me Bible study. You know, and teaching me why what I'm doing or Melissa's doing or people that have a spiritual gift, we're not, in, for instance, in the Bible, it'll talk about you're not supposed to uh, connect with familiar spirits. That is somebody that's out there looking to become a medium. It's like, oh, I want to do this, you know. No, you either have the gift or you don't. I'm not saying that we all can't do We probably can. I never looked for it. I didn't want this. It got given to me, and he explained that to me and made me comfortable with what I'm doing, that it's a gift from God as long as it's helping somebody. You know, I'm not out there, and I'm not going to tell you what lotto tickets are. If I knew what lotto tickets and numbers to play, don't you think I'd be out there doing it? I'm human. People, I have people like, give me the lotto numbers. I'm like, no, give it to me. You, you know, we're real. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are certain things, and it, it, the, the, the gift that I've been given is to bring peace and to bring closer to heaven and to end that. There is more than this so-called thing we call life here on Earth, you know, and and that though, like I said about the the people that sit in the pews, they they go and listen to that, and then I start posting pictures of my son appearing. Thing is, I'm evil. Uh, the devil's got a hold of me. I'm uh, it's all was, blasphemy. It, not, you don't know how many times anyone. I've been cursed for it, huh? I would never knock anyone's belief or faith. I mean, but. Yeah, you know, for 17, 18 years, I thought I had to go to confession to confess mm-hmm. my sins to God. And now, I mean, I can talk to whatever it is one-on-one. I don't, you know, I don't yep. need that, that uh, middleman. Well, um, that was the difference between the And if you feel you do, and it works for you, mm-hmm. all the power to you. With my drinking, exactly. I did not buy into uh, AA at all. AA right. is too much pressure. You've got to be here. You've got to, to me, it's a trade-off for dr- drinking. You know, lotto tickets and coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying people yeah, don't I need did, uh, it. I did uh, the harmful reduction model, which basically uh-huh. gets your life in order. And you right, make right. like you were drinking. Make, yep. make yourself happier. Because, I mean, yep. I, these I don't want to hear old war stories. I, I mean, and, and again, I'm not knocking AA. There's a wonderful nope. organization... And it's helped a million. It wasn't right Right. for me. And when I found the harmful reduction model, where it's basically saying, you know, get get spiritual and get your shit together. Again, I'm cursing, excuse me. And, um, you know, and make your life better. You won't want to run to the bottle. And I found that that worked. And I I might drink tomorrow. I might not. I might have drank last week. I might not. But I don't like saying it's been five months and 13 days and 23 hours and 16 minutes. That's too much pressure for me. <laughs> yep, yep. Now I know I you know I know people and I'm, I'm not condemning it either because I know it's work for people, but it's also at times I've seen it's trading one um, addiction for another. And yes, they find God and what have you during it. And I know people that did it and well, people well, that I, I was close to. Higher power, higher power, please. But basically, they're putting you know, the booze. But, they're praying to the booze. We have no control over the booze. Mm-hmm. You know, and, al- and alcohol is, I mean, 
all this stuff with legalizing marijuana. There's not a there's not a drug in America worse than alcohol. <laughs> right. Well, it's the only one that can kill you. Do you realize that? When you quit well, drinking I, alcohol, cold turkey, as a as a uh, especially as an alcoholic, that is the only drug. Heroin won't kill you. Oh well, well if you do it, but I'm just saying, alcohol. If you stop cold turkey, is the drug that will can kill you and cause a seizure. Well, and, there uh, aren't there aren't there aren't too many shootings and car accidents and DWIs with marijuana or even cocaine right. for that matter. Um, right. You know, I'm not condoning any of that use, but yep. uh, alcohol just has destroyed. Tenfold number of lives than any other drugs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Including crack. And and the, including isn't the funny part? Isn't it the funny part? It's legal. Yeah, legal. Well, it's legal. You know. They watch you. You know, they they, they and I I don't because I you know what? Back in two thousand six, after my sister died, after fifty some years, I got a DWI, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me wake up. You know, I got the book thrown at me. Never had a traffic ticket before that. But it did something for me. It made me realize things. That, uh, yeah, I've screwed up. I've screwed up a couple times. You know what I'm saying? But for, and and I don't go and and make a habit of doing things like I used. To, I used to drive like that all the time. And I said, Oh my God, I can't do this. I just can't do it. But yet, you know, they they have the bars open. They know people are in there getting soused. Well, why isn't there? If it's illegal, why aren't the cops sitting at the bar every day, well, every minute, and everybody walks out there and getting tested? Huh? You want to stop it? You want to stop the in this country? The first time you get caught, you lose your license for life. You can never drive a car. Oh, yeah. But yep. if you did that, then the bars would lose money, the lawyers would lose money, the courts would lose money, the jails would lose yes. money. It's all about the, I know the, all about the I money. I know the reason. It's all about the money. Show me the money. If you yep. really want to stop and it's true because everybody makes out on it. They encourage it. They encourage it. They encourage it. Do some draconian thing. You call it once. You're doing five years. Not, unless yep. you're really hardcore, you're not going to be drinking and driving. Yep. But then bars will be out of business, and I got and I, I and I tell you, there's nothing I love better in this world than a good bar room. So this is day. Yep. Yeah. I think bar rooms are just romantic, and there's something about. I mean, I love a good bar room. Yeah. I mean, I I. I, I I found a lot of uh, non-friends in bars that I thought were friends. I, I kind of in the opposite because I really don't do the bars anymore. I used to and frequent them because I, I like the social contact. I needed that, you know. And then I would cry the blues to people, and, and then I realized they're not my friends. They don't want to hear well, it. You know, but they all do it. They all do it. You know, we're all there searching. We're all there well, then, you know, reaching you know, out. Didn't have friends yet drinking, buddy. The biggest yep, thing I yep. missed from uh, from my uh, so my my sobriety is going to bars. Mm-hmm. I love I love yep, the music. Yep. I love the pretty girls. Yep. I love the men talking football. I love watching mm-hmm. football, eating wings. The bar was like you know the old. That's where you met. And I'm talking about the real old bars, the pubs, the taverns. Right. Clubs. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know the you know it was the a social gathering. It was a social. It was socializing. It was social. It was socializing. But now it's 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 like if you go and even, you know, once in a while I'll I'll go shop and I haven't done this in quite a long time. But on the way back from the shop, right, I'll stop and have a had a have a glass of wine with seltzer, just to like say hello to where I grew up. I don't even do that anymore. You know, I'm a, a number one number afraid because the the, the law. 
you have to be scared to death now because you have two beers and you're fine. The law says yep. that you're legally drunk. That's what I'm saying. I mean, That's what I'm saying. You know, back in the day, I was, you know, mad, most against drunk drivers. I was a damn drunk against mad mother. The worst thing to be, if you were drinking and driving, God forbid you hurt somebody else. But I've seen guys exactly. two or three years that were fine, but under the limit they weren't. And I don't want to get to a whole yep. political thing about it, but um, alcohol's bad. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I mean... Again, I have no regrets. I have no regrets about anything. Well, I, I didn't home. realize with me because I was like out of my mind. I mean, I I have MS. It does affect the brain, and somebody like me, it's it's poison. It's poison because there are people with MS. There's a site on Facebook we can Google it. It says, "I have MS. I'm not drunk." Okay, because we can act. Like we're drunk because of the way it affects the brain at times. Mm. Then you compound that with the alcohol, and the alcohol makes it even worse. And, and Melissa witnesses herself with me. Oh yeah, I don't. You don't know what you're doing. She did. She went, and I'm. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm ashamed, but I'm not afraid to admit it. And I'm like, that's not me. That's my brain ain't right. You know, at times with the MS. You know, I'm not saying I'm, right. I'm out of it or whatever. But you give me a glass or two of wine. I can't drink wine. I just cannot drink it. It makes me nuts, and I'm, I'm the first to admit it. And certain other things, I I know what I could and what I couldn't do. And um, it just it just affected me. And and when I had my heavy drinking days, which I went through it too, and. People thought that's why. Well, oh yeah, here's fun peg, you know, life of the party. You know what it took for me? My late son one night picked me up at Flynn's, bombed, <laughs> to drive me home with his friend and videotaped me. He videotaped me. That'll he do showed it. me what That'll I looked. He, I looked at that and I said, "Oh dear God in heaven, that's what That'll I look like to people." Well, and a lot of people don't want to see that, but it's it's really it's reality check, you know, and it's scary. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong go out to dinner and have a you know well, you can do it. The only thing I'm thankful for is that social media wasn't around back in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties when I was drinking heavy. Because God knows yep. I would. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I was I'm embarrassed because I, I tell people now, and I and like I said, I even talked about it in my book. You know, it's like I'm embarrassed of. The way, not who I was. It's it's what the alcohol was doing it to me, um, yeah. but the way I behaved. And I'm like, you don't know me. You, you know, people look, see me now. I'll go to Walmart, and it's like, hey, I remember you from Lena. Yeah, you you remember me drinking. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. You really don't. Well, my, I didn't well, know me. What was funny is I'm not going to mention any names of my uh, Bruce's ex um, wife, her son mm-hmm. Bruce, and her son now are running polls. And she right, now I know who it is. And, and one of the, uh, a mutual friend of ours, she said, Billy just dropped me off. He was going to a wake at Carter's and pick me up. And the guy said, I wouldn't drive with Billy. What, are you crazy? Mm. From what I was, you know, 20 years ago. My father goes, you don't even know him now. Why well, right. would you say that? And again, hey, man, yeah. you know, I mean, my bed all I have no regrets, but. You know, people people are still going to do. It. I mean, I mean, can you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be? I mean, that's basically what it comes down. Yeah, exactly. It's so, all part of growth. You know, you have to um, you have to crawl before you walk. You know, and it's kind of like drinking or drugging. I've never got into the drug thing, but I've been with people that did. Seen it. Well, I got in, I got and it's 
it's just like that you can't let it define who you are. You know, unfortunately, uh, you're ex- you exposed yourself during those times in bar rooms, like I did at least, and many others, to what they saw, what you were like when you were drinking heavy. You know, and yeah, well, I would have I wouldn't have done anything of the things that I did now. I look, I'm like, I'd be the first one to point my finger at somebody, and thinking, oh my god, you know, this is crazy. You know, so people still, you know, they they think back to White Russian Peg, they used to call me. And um, and I'm like, uh, well, you don't know me, you know, and you can believe what you want and think of what you want. Because if you think you were any better when you took a few drinks, you're wrong because you looked as stupid as I did, you know. <laughs> so don't, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know, and, and it's, it's all about life and learning. Is Melissa still with us? Oh, yes. Yep. Answer a question. Of course. Sure. Uh, what's one of like your favorite authors? Um. Well, I really love I love poetry a lot. So, Emily Dickinson. Okay. Um. I love apocalyptic literature. So you know the Hunger Games. I love um, Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath, um, the, the Bell Jar. Yes. She's very, very deep. I love her. Never really read T.S. Eliot. I mean, I've I've read some of it, but not really delved into it that much. Kerouac? Not really. Okay, I'm striking out here. (laughs) 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 I love it, I love it, I love it. You know, I'm going to... um... What? James Joyce? Yes, I've read him. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. You guys lost me with that because I'm not that literate. I'd like to see him together because I just love her. I mean, something had you had majors and minors going up there, things and all over the place. Oh yeah, I did everything was all about English. I would take extra classes just to learn and read and write and. Oh God! It's a passion of mine, so I just I love everything about writing and. I mean, I'm just, yeah, Melissa, you know, tell, tell Bill some about about your writing, about how you um, we taught discuss synchronicities, how sometimes mm-hmm. you wrote poems before, like I lost my daughter when I lost my daughter. Tell me about the poem you wrote and how you had the synchronicity with her. And you didn't. Oh know yeah. So listen to this. Bill. I've been listen writing weird. poems since I was really really little, and my parents have always told me that my my grandmother wrote a lot of poems too. So I kind of think mom, it's genetically given to me or something, yeah. but. Literally since I was five years old, I've been writing poems. So when my cousin passed away, I wrote this poem, but I didn't name it yet. I just wrote all these feelings and all these memories that I had had with her previously. And then all of a sudden, this word fearless popped into my head. And I was like, oh, I'll just call it fearless because she wasn't afraid of anything. She just Mm. kind of lived her life and everything was an adventure. Even though she was sick, she didn't act like she couldn't do something because she was sick. So I called Peggy, and I was like, can I read you? Yeah, I was like, can I read you this poem? And it's about your daughter. It's about my cousin, and it's called Fearless. And she's like, "Uh, you know that no fear was on Meg's car, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said it was like a big, (laughs) I guess it was a big label or something in the front, right? It said no fear. Every car that my daughter had, she had a sticker on the front windshield called no fear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and and she wrote that poem when she died, and she had no idea. I had no idea. So you took Yeah. Talk about synchronicities. I mean, you know, Melissa and I both know because 
the, her grandmother that wrote the poetry was my mother. My mother was a poet. She, you know, she was mother of six, stay-at-home mom, never went anywhere, you know, ragged underwear, the old house dresses, and took care of her kids, you know. Dad did all the working. And, um, but she did, she loved poetry, and she did write poems. And I can't quote any. I don't have any of them, unfortunately. And Melissa actually looks very much like my mother. My mother was a natural beauty, beautiful woman. And um, so there were a lot of similarities between the two. And um, so when before Melissa and I came out and told each other that, you know, strange things were happening to both of us at the same time, which you'll read about in my next book and we've talked about on the show, we also found out, I found out a couple of years ago through my sister who was a very born-again Christian who was not into, wasn't into any of this, telling me how my mother knew things too, and then we realized that she was also very intuitive. So that's also a gift that's, I guess, in the family. You know, it's kind of a uh, genetic predisposition to it, you know? Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. So, I mean, Melissa, you know, we've shared stories before on the show of um, – when she was editing my book, that's when we both kind of came to each other about our weirdness, <laughs> our weird gifts, you know, I would say. <laughs> that, you know, why don't you share that with Bill? I, I know we've talked about it on the show before. we got about 15 minutes, and uh, we have callers, but they, they don't want to talk, obviously. So, yeah. There's no, um, there, there's no caller that wants to talk? I'm gonna. I have like one. Do you want to try to answer one, and then if not, then we'll talk yeah, about okay, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me try this. Let Just me, in okay. case, there. You know. Okay. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Hi. Yeah. I tried getting you before. How are you? Good. I don't know what happened. I was saying hello, but it wasn't going through or something. Oh, okay, Trish. I, first of all, this is um, Bill's on my show. Turns out we are connected. I just met him, but we're related through marriage, and he's an author. And I just want to tell you how um, you and I, uh, Trish is a, another uh, mother of grieving. Uh, grieving. She lost her son, Ryan, uh, just a year ago, November 14th, so she just went through her first angel anniversary, and I just wanted to send my love to you on that. And um, Chris, do you have any uh, questions? You've you've been listening, hopefully, to the show. Do you have any questions for Bill on his feelings on things? I mean, he's not psychic or anything, but anything about his books or you know feelings? All right. Um, well, you know, he, I think I heard him say something about his father had a vision or something with his mother before she uh-huh. passed. Is that correct? Was that correct? Yeah. Yes. Because that's weird. Before my son passed, I also had a vision on two occasions, and it was a vision of how you know I saw him when he was passed away. And like, oh, well, no, his home. father actually was on the deathbed and had a vision. When his father was just uh-huh. about to die himself, he saw oh. uh, his, his wife. That's what that's that was a vision he had. Uh, Trisha actually had a vision before her son passed, right prior to her son's passing. Oh no, no, no! She I had like yeah, that, that was kind of like a different no, type father, of thing. No, yeah, I couldn't really hear. I couldn't really hear Trish clearly. No, my father had it. Like I said, my father would be the last person in the world who would say something like that or believe in something like this. And it was just, it was just pretty fascinating to me. Well, yeah, when it happens, like Pe- Peggy, you said you didn't even want it to happen. It's like. Kind of when you mm-hmm. get these things, it freaks you out almost at first. Because I was like, "Geez, why am I getting these visions?" Like, because I knew I wasn't sleeping by my cell phone time when I went to try to take a nap, and I said, mm-hmm. "Well, I wasn't sleeping. There's no way on the timing." 
And then I had that vision, so I'm thinking, okay, what the hell is going on? She's my friend, but mm-hmm. and yeah. then, you know, kind of strange. Yeah, yeah Chris, Chris and I, I want to tell you, Bill, Chris and I met through, um, I belong to several grieving parents groups, and we've never met face-to-face, but we met through the groups. I really didn't know anything about her except that she had lost a son, and uh, she would call into the show, and I would start giving her readings. Actually, I think I gave you uh, prior to the show. Didn't I give you some private readings, Trish? Uh, we talked, just really so much talking, but you picked up on some stuff. You, you remember a few old... It really wasn't names that I knew of anything, maybe two more, I think. And then you told Mm -hmm. me to write the rest of them because sometime later they'd mean something, remember? Mm hmm. That's what I got. And I think one name came up after, actually. I know it did just so much stuff that happened. I just. Right, right. Well, like I said, it's just about a year this week. And when I talked, Bill, about the synchronicity of the show, uh, Trish came on. It turns out my brother's birthday, who just lost his son in September, is November 14th. That is the date her brother died, right? Or your brother's birthday, too? November 14th, my son passed. And it was also my brother's birthday and my great niece. Yeah, so we had a synchronicity there. And I think we had a couple other synchronicities with uh, your birthday and my father's the same day. Yeah, because you would ask me, and I said, yes, I'm a Pisces, March 7th. And you said, oh, my dad's the 8th. And I said, well, my dad's the 8th. Yeah, so both our fathers from Port March 8th, both our brothers, uh, November 14th, and our son actually passed on November 14th. So that's part of, like, every caller um, I get into the show, whether I know them or not, has some kind of link, like you and I, Bill, with the 222s now and the synchronicity of that, you know. So it's kind of weird, definitely weird. Do you have any other questions for Bill about the books? or uh, His books are intense, intense, yeah, absolutely you know, intense. No, just that, you know, we're, what I went through actually was I think I'm going to try to write something with my daughter because she has a disabled child who on 11-11 on my daughter's uh, anniversary, the little seven at the time, seven-year-old, who has Downs but she can speak and all, She's got mosaic downs, and she um, really, you know, she goes, Ryan dead. And she came out with saying, Ryan's dead. And then three days later, my son that was, was dead. Yeah, her, yeah. so her, her grandchild actually foresaw it, you know, and he still comes to her after his death. So this is really kind of weird, you know. Just like, like I said, you don't have to be a psychic. It's They seem to... Um, Children are very uh, innocent, you know, and very open and close to this, more, even more so than myself or Melissa or anybody else that does this. And because they don't have the prejudice, you know, uh, they haven't learned yet that what's right, what's wrong, what's real, what's not. And so, you know, my mother used to say out of the mouth of babes. So she would come and say that Ryan's playing with her and Ryan's doing Am I right, uh, Trish? That, well, that oh, yeah. She Ryan, no, what happened was Ryan's... Uh, girlfriend had uh, terminated a few pregnancies of Ryan's and then she was playing with these imaginary kids and then she kept all one by this name and boy and this and so the next thing you know my daughter kept telling me telling me and I just really didn't think anything of it to be honest I just said well kids all do this stuff with imaginary friends because I've heard you know some do so I didn't think anything of it until I watched her do it and then I didn't put it together until my son actually passed because that's when she started to tell me, uh, like I told you, that she was like, that my Uncle Ryan, when she picked up this 
uh, angel. And she goes, my Uncle Ryan has wings like that, Nana. And she goes, he flies with his big, with his boys and girls, she said. So she, like, told me, like, to her voice, one of the girls, a lot of weird things that she would never know because we were not discussed it with her. And so, you know, the whole thing is just a little bit bizarre. Like, that, my daughter actually was frightened by it all, you know. She's like, holy shit. She's my friend. But she's like, Mom, this is like... <laughs> use that on the show quite a bit tonight. <laughs> she's like, Mom, this is just way too much. She's like, you know... And so she's has told me, like, you know, that my Uncle Ryan has two boys. They, She's told me they're twins, basically, because we've asked, you know, is one big and one small or, you know. No, they're both the same. And, like, she's told us literally <laughs> details, like, that one looks like Papa. With, my husband had brown hair, lighter hair. My son had a more Irish, dark, blackish brown hair. She's like, one have black hair like Uncle Ryan, blue eyes. One have brown hair, you know, like, to detail. It's like, holy crap. So, yeah, yeah wow. a experience. <laughs> so I'm not the only one, and, and, and Chris and I belong to these groups. Uh, Chris can validate, too, that the majority of us parents do have signs that come to us. Am I right or wrong? Oh, I had one just Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the rock with, the, with the, the heart. Yeah, it was so weird. It was the day after Ryan's <laughs> passing on the 14th. It was the next day, and my granddaughter, both two of them slept over, the oldest and the middle-aged one. And so um, she had, the oldest had her hockey game, so I had to get her over early, and we went to the game. And then she went to do an estimate with her dad, so the younger ones were playing where Megan and I could talk, you know. And I kind of was out. We were out front of her house, actually, and I kind of broke down and said, well, I'm going to, like, get going and, she was saying how much she missed her brother, so we both broke down. And as I'm trying to like bend down to wipe my tears, you know, because like I'm just like my it was like burning. It was a cold day out, and my skin was burning on my face. So I took my scarf to like wipe my tears. I looked down, and that's where I see this like uh, piece of gravel. You know, it's like a you know road, and it's like mm-hmm. the thing was a piece of heart. I mean, a broken off piece, but it was shaped identical to the heart. You saw it, Peggy. Yes, I did. Yeah, yep. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my god, another heart. Because Ryan seems to come through. I see feathers too, also quite a bit of little white feathers, like a lot. But I this right. hearts a lot too. So yeah, I've been getting well, a lot Melissa, of Melissa, m- Melissa will tell you. Uh, but Bill's not familiar, right? Melissa about the feathers. Tell Bill how yeah. many feathers you get. Tell him I get what a lot to you of the them. <laughs> Especially I mean, I'm not talking one feather. She's going out to her car. No, and tell we're at my car and they're covered in white feathers. Um, there's been times where I'm at work with the kids and I'll just randomly like walk in a certain way, just going through the grass or whatever. And there's every single step I take, no matter which way I go, there's a white feather in my path, and it's almost like it's leading me. Yeah, it's like leading me into a different direction or something. I've had them. Yep. I've had you know, a whole circle of white feathers in my backyard near my fountain with an angel on it before. Um, I actually sent like, a picture of it. Yeah. Like, I get white feathers constantly. What do you mean? What? Does it scare you? What? Does it scare you or you feel comforted? In the beginning, yes. But now but I just know But she's also intuitive them. like me. She's in the beginning, I was like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah. But now I'm just so used to it that I'm just like, oh, it's them, you know? I mean... So well, even, even now, Bill, even now, Bill, I'll tell you, and, and Trish, uh, even though Melissa and I are both intuitive and we're we're kind of used to this stuff, and her and I, I call the intuitive aunt and niece because we, we're linked together. 
just not just being relatives, but with our intuitiveness, like something happened to her and she'll call me and the same thing just happened to me. Right, Melissa? Yeah. Like whether it be a rainbow or you appearing. Or you ask for a sign and, and I get the sign and then I call you and I'm like, uh, did you ask yep. Mark to come to someone? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you got my window, so thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I mean, it's it's insanity, but that's what I'm telling you. My book, Racing Hauntings in Heaven, is off the friggin' hook. I can't yeah. even wait to read the thing when I'm done because I forgot a lot of the things. I'm just jotting them down, you know, as I, as I go along. It's like, oh, my God, I can't finish this book. I mean, I, I have, like like, like I said, tonight with the washer. It just, uh, uh, the what? I love the title. I absolutely love it. It well, flows you know, my so well was to a, Racing Hondas in Heaven. It's just like the perfect title. Oh, I yeah, I mean, he, yeah. He, that's what he did. He was the Honda kid. He was no, the Honda kid, that. and you but see he, the picture. But even not knowing that, I still just, I, if I didn't know that, I would still just love the title. It would intrigue me. be like, yo, what's up with this? Yeah, like, Raising I want to read that. Heaven. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I know his friends have been on my case. I did my book signing uh, two years ago. Ironically, the date at the Harbor local, I did my book's first book signing at the Harbor. My friend Jackie had it, and it was February right. 2nd. That was the anniversary of his death, two years. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, and I let him test, and well, I decided he's got to have his own book, and I called it Race on the Heaven. So all his friends are still on me. He's like, are you done with that book yet? I said, yeah, I they can't don't understand. Read it. I'm like Give dying it. to edit it. She has, she has I haven't read it yet. Melissa has not read it yet. Uh, So when's that one going to be done? (laughs) Everybody's on my case about when it's done, it's done. I'm probably the worst one because he's my cousin, so I'm like, I want to read it, you know. I know. The funny yeah. thing is she's editing. Um, I sent her my um, MS, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, my poetry book for editing. We do it through the Internet with the lock, you know, where it's uh, coded so she can only get it. And I thought she could snoop to get to my other site with my Racing Honors in Heaven. So I, I said wish. something, I think, last night. She goes, no. I said, good. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> is there any previews of anything, any other books there? And I was like, no, I wish. <laughs> there's nothing else here. She's on her seat waiting for it, and so is yeah. everybody else. But listen, guys, we're down to the last two minutes. Um, Bill, first of all, I'd like to thank Bill Teets for being on the show. I'd love to have you back on, Bill, anytime you want oh, uh, to talk so more. Much. Because I don't, I think we just, huh? I said I thank you, and I'd love to be back on. Oh sure, I mean I, I want to hear more. I, I don't think we've uh, even tipped the iceberg yet, you know. But tell us again, uh, our listeners, Bill, the names of your books, where they can find them. That's out now. So if you want to like, uh, uh, my memoir is upside down, one in the house. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all your local bookstores, all your big bookstores, Ingram Baker. It's out there. My poetry book is called Before the Flood. That's available on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. Some local bookstores, but not Barnes and Nobles. And then the uh, okay. the uh, collection of poetry, the anthology I was in, that's that's available everywhere also. And with uh, within four months or five months, I should be releasing uh, my first novel, *Rippling Walking*. Peggy, I know we're running out of time. Can I give to people my um, website? They can look my other website. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go we got. Ahead. We have a minute and a half. Go ahead. It's a dub. It's www.outskirtspress.com slash upside down. And that is all my author information. That's my author webpage. And if you have trouble finding that, just typing on typing on Google with your search and your search engine, William Teets author, and everything will come up. T e e t s. Okay, we're down to a minute, guys. I, I just want to say, Trish, thank you for calling in and um, sending uh, in my hugs for 
Um, I want to thank our listeners. Again, his name is Bill Teets, and he has an amazing story, uh, amazing how we met, and he was meant to be on the show, and and now we, we the three of us, Melissa, you and I, have to get together and put our heads yeah. together, and Bill and I are going to be doing some things together. Yes, me too. You will. Okay, you will. Cool. This time we'll come to the house and we won't get thrown right. out of the library. <laughs> yeah, we'll try not to get kicked out of any libraries. Then, then again, guys, we've got a 30 seconds. I'll give you a call during the week and then we'll set a date up. Okay, sounds good, Bill. And I just want to thank my listeners again. All my shows are archived after the show. They're archived forever, so you can go back and listen to everything. And thank I just you. want to thank everybody and say God bless. And Trish, God bless. Honey, I'll talk to you soon. And um, good night from Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. Thank you all. all right. Okay, have a great Thanks, evening. Guys. Bye-bye now. Good night. Good night. Okay. Good night. Good night, Trish. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.